for all that he has done. Is that true for you today? Now I only heard a couple of handfuls of claps there, so I guess, I guess the majority of us don't have anything to thank God for. I think you're, you just took a breath just then, I believe. You just battered your eyes just then, your heart just beat again. The blood flowed is circled around your body once again. So all those things that God has blessed you with today here, and the song says what? We can't thank him what? Wow, 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 wow. Well, first of all, this morning, I want to say thank you to Pastor Cofield, to the Lord as well, for uh, this opportunity to share with you today uh, some things that have uh, been on my heart for a period of time. And so I'm just excited for that very opportunity as well. So but before we get started this morning here, many of you all know uh, we've came back about a month ago from our trip to Ghana. So our Ghana missions team, why don't you go ahead and start coming up right now at this point in time while I'm talking. And uh, I want to give them a chance to just say a, a word or two about a meaningful moment uh, that they experienced while we were in Ghana. Uh, we were there for about two weeks, and you just can't tell it all in a short period of time, can you? And uh, so, therefore, I'm going to invite you all to go with me next year, okay? I'm inviting everybody to go with me to Ghana next year, right? We're going to just take a whole plane load to Ghana here and really become a blessing to the Navrongoans and the Ghanaians and all the folks we had a chance to spend time with. Amen? Amen. Uh, we've got our mission team. Let's give our mission team a hand. We'll start here with Larry, my son Larry. Morning, Good Hope. How we doing this morning? <laughs> um, the trip for me was one of the greatest experiences that I ever had, one of the greatest trips that I ever had. To say that, it's been the first trip I've ever been to, so <laughs> that's, a, that's a blessing and happiness for me to be able to go there. The first picture that we'll see on the screen will be a picture of me uh, at, some ki at the kids' clubs. That we're, I think that's the first place we went to when we were over there in uh, Ghana. This picture here, it just makes me feel jubilant and happy to see all smiling faces, to say they don't have any insecurities or any worries about problems with unhappiness and stuff like that. They're just happy, happy to be happy. So it's just, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, just, it's just a blessing for, them, for me to be able to experience everything there. Yes, I touched one of those. <laughs> that, um, that was a great experience for me, too, because who really does that? So it's just, uh, it's one of those good, good vibes type moments there. So next few pictures that you'll be seeing, they'll be just scrolling through. There's pictures of uh, us at the Cape Coast and the, yes, Slave Castles. Thank you. Um, it's just, we were just there experiencing different things and stuff like that. Just basically talking about our culture. And to actually see that in a personal way. It's just mind-boggling because you don't really get to see that in public school. They don't teach you that. They teach you black history, and then you're done with. So it's just you don't really get that until you get to the personal level and see all of that type of stuff. So that door there is actually the door that they sit in as a jail cell. That jail cell, you sit there, and you ain't coming out ever. So you basically die in that cell. Me, that's me standing there in the door of no return. So that's the, actually the door where they ship all the Africans from over there to over here, and they never got to see home again. Um, that's me there fetching, well, touching the water of where they drank when they were um, at the slave camps. So all in all, and actually this is another picture, uh, if we could stay on this one for a second. This picture is Punishment Rock, and this is a picture, this is the rock where they sat in punishment. So. Um, 
you would sit on this rock from sunrise to sunset staring at the sun. And you moved your head, you get beat. You, you got to stay watching the sun from sunrise to sunset, no moving, no. So people died there. And because the sun in their eyes, you're burning, and if you move, you get beat and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just stuff to think about that, that really just shows that we, our ancestors endured all of that for us to stand here today. So it's just one of those happy moments and thankful and grateful for me able to go into the trip. Thank you. Good morning. Um, let's see here. The first thing that we have, I believe, is a video clip that, but we don't have the audio for it. This was the call to worship over at Good News Bible Church um, be before one of the sessions that we had. Oh, we do have audio. was a blessing to be able to be there and to experience that, to be able to worship with um, the congregation that was there in Ghana. <clears throat> this picture, because in comparison, our problems are very minuscule to some of the things that these women are dealing with in Ghana. This is day to day. Um, this is a lady that's going to the marketplace. As you can see, she's riding a bike, but if you notice, she's also balancing a tray on her head at the same time. A lot of times you'd see women that were, uh, were uh, actually carrying their babies on their backs while they were on their bicycles or they were riding a, uh, a motorcycle as well and they were, they were wrapped up in a, uh, their baby would be wrapped up in a cloth behind them. This is my friend Gloria. <laughs> Gloria was at Mother Mercy's um, orphanage and um, she's very sweet. The children are very well taken care of. Um, most of the children are adopted, thank goodness. But it was a, it was a very sweet moment. Now, um, we got a chance to help out with helping with a meal at Madame Jeanette and Pastor Ben's house one day. Now, <clears throat> Madame Jeanette, in comparison, her schedule is super busy compared to ours. She starts at 4 o'clock in the morning after she uh, gets up and gets the house together at 4. Then she goes to work. She works at a school. She does that until about 3 o'clock. Um, keep in mind, there's, they don't have any refrigeration there. So everything is done by hand from scratch. And we helped out along with her family. Um, after we had gone to a session um, with helping with the kids club, <clears throat> after, uh, oh, and also if you'll notice, it, she's cooking on coals. That's coals and it's a, a metal pot. The entire meal was prepared in that. By 9 o'clock is when we actually ate. This was uh, one of the sessions. These are some of the ladies I was uh, asked to pray for during the uh, women's session on prayer that was, held, uh, that was facilitated by Sister Myra. This was another session that we had at the other church, All Souls, um, for, the, for the same purpose as well. We also got an opportunity to sing with uh, the group before uh, the Sunday school training. Um, the trainees got an opportunity to work with the children, and so we got an opportunity to, to sing before that session started. 
And so here's some of our kids. This particular location, these children only see someone from a church, maybe missionaries as far as uh, seeing them during the course of the year, it's maybe three times during the, the year. And they're trying to increase that. All right, that's it for me. Good morning, Good Hope. I count it a joy and a blessing and a privilege to stand before you today to thank you for supporting this mission effort, for all that you gave, for the prayers that you rendered on our behalf and the behalf of those people of Ghana. And I want you to know that God heard your prayers and he answered them. We were truly blessed while we were there. Uh, I thank God also for allowing me to be a servant to carry the gospel as stated in the Great Commission in Matthew, the 28th chapter. We began our, our missionary journey by ministering to this large group of children from Kids Club, which was actually their neighborhood soccer, or the region, it's from a whole region, uh, soccer club. And these kids, some of them walk from one or two miles away to come there. They come, they play soccer, and they learn about the Lord. And on this particular day, they were so receptive of receiving us missionaries from America, and they were excited. They were very well-mannered, uh, and they were very grateful for what we shared with them and the gifts that we gave to them. This picture that you're seeing now is a group of children who were the benefits of having trained the Sunday school teachers, which was led by Sister Paula Bosley, who's not with us today, uh, on how to teach the children. She gave them teaching techniques, uh, how to break the children up by age groups, how to be interactive with them, uh, scripture memorization, and just a whole host of uh, teaching skills that was implemented while we were there. And I want to say that those children are very well-mannered, very well-trained, and grateful for everything that you give to them. <clears throat> yes, that, that, that deserves applause. <laughs> This is a picture of uh, one of the groups of ladies that we ministered to during the women's conference while we were there, which was led by myself, uh, and we taught on prayer. And these women, as it has been stated, they work very hard, and the culture that they're in, it is mostly dominated by the matriarch. So the bulk of the physical labor and the caring for the family falls to the women. So they have very long, hard days but they do not let that deter their faith and their service to God. When they came to this women's conference, these are women who are leaders at other churches within the area as well as members of the Good News Church and the All Souls Church and other churches in that area. They were hungry and thirsty for the word of God. But on this particular uh, occasion, God led me to teach them on prayer. And we broke out into groups after we had our training session and Sister uh, Marcelle, Sister Donna, and Sister Paula, they each had a group along with myself, and we ministered to the women where they are in their needs. And those women, they have the same issues that we have, multiplied by lack of resources and the physical labor that is involved. So when we look at our lives as women of the Western world, we're very pampered, we're very spoiled, we're very selfish. But those women have a hunger and a thirst for God. And when they come to the Lord's house, they come giving all that they have, despite the many problems that they have to endure. <clears throat> so I ask that every woman who can hear my voice this morning, that when you pray, 
you will remember these women of Ghana and really women around the world who are suffering but yet serving our Savior. Now, this is a picture of us at the Mother of Mercy Orphanage, which is led by Sister Delphia. Sister Delphia is the one in the blue on the end. She has a heart for serving God and a heart for caring for these children. And as I shared with you on last year, when uh, the women give birth, if they die, and many of them do, uh, they have to protect the babies because their families will want to kill them. They think that the babies are the reason that the mother died, that they're evil, they're bad. So they're rescued. So the Mother of Mercy's orphanage is actually a rescue place for these young babies. And Sister Delphia ensures that they are well taken care of. And thanks to you, Good Hope, we were so proud to be able to give them the diapers that you gave and monetary offering and formula. And I want you to know that it makes a difference. And they are very appreciative. So again, I ask that you pray for Mother Delphia and those babies at the orphanage. This is little Felicia. I just kind of fell in love with her. Now, as uh, Sister Donna mentioned, the good news is that most of these children are adopted by people in other parts of Africa. But if you're interested in, in adopting a baby, you're welcome to do so as well. Now, I didn't touch an alligator crocodile like some did. <laughs> But many of you have stopped me today and have commented on how beautiful my outfit is. All of us are wearing custom-made outfits that were tailor-made for us when we were in Ghana. Part of our mission trip is to give back to the community, and that's a way for us to evangelize and witness to them as well. The lady who made the women's, or the, the woman's seniors, she's actually a, a Muslim. But each time that we go, she remembers us, and we have an opportunity to share the gospel and the love of Christ with her by allowing her to make these outfits for us at a fraction of the cost. We go to the fabric store, we choose the fabric, we take it back to that seamstress shop, which is a three-wall storage building that we have, and she's got a whole set. Okay, I got two minutes. Yes, sir. <laughs> So if you like to have one of these outfits, you must join us on a Ghanaian uh, mission trip. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Can you start the first slide, please? First of all, I'd like to say thank you for all those who gave, especially your prayers and your monetary donations. It allowed me to be a part of this team, so thank you very much. This first slide um, depicts the women that I prayed for in the group that um, we, when we broke off into groups. And what I found was a lot of them had the same problems that we have here, only at a larger scale. Also too, um, during this uh, conference that we had, we had one of the women to stand and state that on her way to the conference, she had in mind that she was gonna go home and look for the person who had stolen something from her. And when she got to them, she was gonna cause some bodily harm. But due to prayer, and everything that she learned through this conference, her heart was changed, and she was praying for that person who stole from her. 
This next picture are just some of the faces of the children that came out and were a part of each session. Next slide. I did touch, a, was that an alligator or a crocodile? Crocodile, I don't know. But anyway, I did touch the crocodile. If you really notice, I'm on the edge end of the crocodile. It felt a little scaly, which I thought it would, but I made sure that if he happened to turn around really quick, he got him before he got me. That's love. <laughs> this next slide, um, Reverend Sloan was preaching at this church and they stated they needed a Sunday school teacher. And so I'm like, okay, they need a Sunday school teacher. And uh, they came to me directly and be also ready. So uh, I did teach this group, Larry and I together, and it was truly a blessing. Uh, for me, the main thing was slowing down because of course, for them, I speak with an accent. So slowing down. Um, Larry hit upon the slave camp and the slave camp uh, was uh, really something that impacted my life due to the fact that I'd gone to the slave camp before, um, but here at the, I mean, at the slave castle, but here at the slave camp, this was the beginning for most slaves where um, there were people who would tell the parents, oh, I'm gonna give your children a better life. Let them come with me, and then they'll come back in a few years and share with you. But guess what? Those children never came back because we are here today. Um, those children were taken from their parents. On this camp, they got enough people to make a 10-hour uh, track to the slave camp. And when I'm talking 10 hours, I'm talking about driving. These people were walking in chains. So I'm t thinking it took many months for them to get there. And he just told you a few of the horror stories that happened at these camps. Mm -hmm. And what it told me was, we are a strong people. God bless you and thank you again. Let's thank God once again for our team. God bless you guys, thank you. Amen, amen. So once again, those trips are just an awesome time there. And one thing they do for me is that uh, each time it always reminds me and challenges me of our responsibilities as Christians. Uh, one thing that, that, and I've seen it can't get it out, my, out of me, period, from the standpoint of believers, uh, we are expected and we are also empowered to make this world a better place. Uh, you may not believe that in your own mind. You say, well, it's not my job, but um, you believe in the wrong Bible from that standpoint. And so, but it is, God expects us and God also empowers us to make a difference in this world. So today, for sake of time here, our subject is simply this. It is in your hands to make things better. It is in your hands to make things better. If you don't have a copy of the outline, you can raise your hands and the ushers will get one to you. But it is in your hands to make things better. Our text today is the 29th chapter of Jeremiah's prophecy. Uh, Jeremiah 29 is primarily geared to a letter that God had him to write 
to the exiles. Uh, by now, Jerusalem had been totally ransacked. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had made his third trip to Jerusalem. And this time he tore down the walls of the city, tore down the temple, and carried many of the priests and the elders and people away. And in that process, he killed a lot of folks as well. And so now the, the Jews, are, they find themselves in Babylon, a place they don't want to be. They're upset because they've now been taken out of their homeland. They're in a place they don't feel they belong. They can't worship God the way God wanted them to worship, even though they were worshiping idols and begin to replace God. And in Psalms 137, on the notes there, it kind of shares with us today the sentiments or the thinking of those Jews as they were there in Babylon. Look what it says. It says, by the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there, we hung our lyres or harps. For there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, joyful songs, saying, sing us one of those songs of Zion. How shall, they said, we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? The group commissioned a number of years or so ago made this song uh, this passage, this psalm here, very powerful with the song, How Can We Sing, Living in a Strange Land? How Can We Face Adversity? And the, the song goes on to say that you can sing in this land, in this strange land, because of Jesus Christ being on the inside of you. So in other words, we see society, we see our situations different because of who is on the inside of us. So with this idea of that, it's in your hands, it's in my hands to make things better, not only for myself, but for others also. And so our first point then to see what this letter that Jeremiah sent him, I gave you verses three through seven here, kind of give you a little introduction of it. But the letter concludes itself down in verse 23. But Jeremiah says primarily in verse seven, these words. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. And here's why. For in its welfare, you will have welfare. Now, most Christians today love Jeremiah 29 verse 11. That says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord of hosts, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And all that's very, very true. But when you look at Psalms 137 and you begin to see and understand the sentiment of what was going on in the minds of the Jews while they're in exile, God says, I got to cheer them up. I can't let my people sit there and think they're on the right track when they're totally out of order with what I want them to do. They are missing what I called them to do and why I sent them there. Now, granted, Israel went there as the consequences of their sin. They rebelled against God and God had a covenant with them. God said, if you do this, do this, do this, do that, I'm going to bless you. 
But God says, if you don't do those kind of things, guess what? I'm going to boot you out of the land. And that's what happened to him. So instead of, being, instead of them being sitting there navel-gazing, watching down with their heads hanging down, God says, no, Jeremiah, send them this letter with this content. And I want to focus primarily on verse 7 today for our sake of time. So our first point here under the idea is that since it is in your hands to make things better, then first of all, we need to demonstrate what it really means to care about other people. That's what God said, right? He said, seek the welfare of the city where I sent you. Now, in this one short verse, there are two commands. Both of them are in the imperative voice, a mood, which means it's a command. It's not a suggestion, and nor is it something there to consider and ponder about. Those commands are also in the present tense means is something you do continuously, ongoing, habitually, nonstop, in other words. And it's also in what's called the active voice, means the subject does the action, all right? So he's commanding Israel, Jews, you do this. Don't think about it. Don't ponder about it. But you do this. You demonstrate that you really care for others. You know why? Because God cares. For others. God cares for all people. We say in John 3, 16, what God sold of what? The world. So he cares that mankind come to know him from that standpoint as well. That word that I share is the word to seek, to inquire, to consult, to search, to investigate. And the whole goal is with a purpose. And God showed them in the text what his purpose is for them while they were there in Babylon. He says, seek the welfare of the city. He says, be strategic in what you're doing because I have you there for a purpose. That word shalom there, welfare, uh, it carries the idea of peace, blessings, wholeness, completeness, the absence of conflict or more so prosperity. That idea of shalom is tied into the idea of flourishing in every aspect of your human life, spiritually psychologically, socially, and also physically. Uh, you heard uh, Sister Meyer mention about the tailors and the messengers we go to there in Ghana, in the Vrongo. Uh, I have a young man there that I've met in 2017 time frames when I go there, and I go to the market, as she said, and buy some material and take it to his shop there. And then the first time I went, he measure you here, and he give you a book, and they have all these various designs and ideas, some shirts with collars, no collars, uh, some shirts with buttoned up down, all kind of shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve. And I've gotten to the point now, I just go buy material, give it to them and say, surprise me. Because I don't want to sit there in the store looking at a thousand pictures saying, well, make this pattern like this. My point is, all over his shop, there are threads, all colors, just laying on the floor, on the tables that he's using there in his shop. Now, these threads on their own are not any kind of fabric. They're just threads. But when Alidu takes these threads and he weaves them together, some over, some under, some around, some through, and each, each other, and they now become interdependent on each other, and therefore, they become a beautiful fabric when he finishes doing what he's doing. 
And so what God is simply saying is that we, as his people in society today, we are responsible to help this society become all that God wants it to be. We cannot continue to think that we are independent of everybody else. Okay, we're here together to bring everybody up to be what God wants us all to be. So if you find a success in your own life and you say, well, I got mine, you need to get yours, then you're wrong. I was wrong. Because God says, how can you climb out of the barrel, out of the bucket, and somebody's trying to put me down? He says, no, let's go up together. Do you, do you realize that if all the crabs work together, they can all get out of the bucket? But we are so selfish and try to be so independent that we think about, it's all about me. And we leave other folks behind. And God says, no, you can't be blessed. Ah, it bugs me sometimes. People say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the blessed and highly favored. What does that mean? Because the text is going to tell us that your blessing, the richest blessing that God has for you, is tied to other folks being blessed. So how can we as God's people receive his blessings and turn around and say, well, I don't need to help nobody else. He says, seek the welfare of the city where I sent you. God says, I sent you there for a purpose. Now, granted, Israel was sent there because of the consequences of their sin. But do you realize that God has you and I scattered in all parts of the world as well? For various purposes, in various places, in various times. For instance, God has you and I, according to scripture here, 1 Peter 1.1, he says, Peter says, he's an apostle to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout in these, these locations. He says, and those who are chosen. God has each and every one exactly where he wants us to be. It's not necessarily by chance or by choice, but it's by his will. By God's will. He got us scattered all throughout society to make a difference in this world today. Some of us work in local, state, and national government offices. Some of us in law enforcement, in engineering firms, at various levels in the educational sector, teachers, administrators, bus drivers, cafeteria workers. Some of us here today are in the entertainment business, in the business world. Some of us own our own businesses, in the medical field, in media and construction, oil and gas, aerospace, barbers, beauticians, some of us in retail, and some of us also retired. But the fact of the matter is that we are still God's people scattered throughout all his kingdom to do work for him. That's why we're there. Peter said, Paul says in Philippians 3.20, he says, our citizenship is in heaven. We know that. We're going there one day. But the fact of the matter is that while we're yet on this earth, we ought to be doing all the good we can to all the people we can, while we can, to everybody we can. That's why we're here today. That's why we're here today. We are on a mission. But for that mission to be successful, you got to change your thinking. From local to global. From temporal to eternal. From self-centeredness to God-centeredness. From comfort to sacrifice. And from security to service. In other words, it's not about me. It's about what God has called each and every one of us to do. Do you realize that every last one of us in here who are Christians, 
You are a missionary. You are sent. The text says what? God said, I sent you there. You all are sent right where God has you to be, have you to be. Sent for a special purpose to glorify God in all that we say, he say, we say and do. So therefore, we have to demonstrate that we really love and care for others. We have to get involved personally and not isolate ourselves. That's what we do. Remember that song a long time ago? As long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. I'm not going to tell you where that's from. But Paul says, we in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21, he says what? We have been reconciled to God, and God has given you and I the message of reconciliation. That's what he says, right? That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Where is Christ right now? In us. That same message we should carry forth as well. Look what it says in that part of that verse. It says, uh, therefore, we are ambassadors. We ought to carry goodwill to wherever we go, on your job, in your home, in your school, at the football game, basketball game, baseball game, wherever it is from that standpoint. John 20, 21 says, we are sent. Christ says, as the Father sent me, guess what? I'm sending you on a mission from that standpoint as well. We are all sent on a mission. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18 talks about how our mindset ought to be, our attitude, making most of the time that we're here. Dr. Martin Luther King put it this way on the same text. He says, concerning our responsibilities, he says, I was hungry and you formed a humanities group to discuss my hunger. I was in prison and you crept out quietly to your chapel and prayed for my release. He said, I was naked and in your mind you debated morality of the morality of my appearance. I was sick, and you knelt and thanked God for your health. I was homeless, and you spoke to me of a spiritual shelter of God's love. I was lonely, and you left me alone to pray for me. You seem so holy, so close to God, but I'm still very hungry, very lonely, and very cold. God has no hands but our hands. God has no feet but our feet. God has no voice but our voice. So if we understand the fact that it is in our hands to make things better, not only must we demonstrate what it really means to care for others, but secondly, the text says we ought to depend on the Lord to help. That's what it says in this be part of the verse, right? Seek the welfare of the city where I sit you in the exile and do what? Uh-oh. And do what? 7B? All right, let's try it again. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And what? Pray. Pray. There you go to the Lord on whose behalf? On its behalf of the city. Wait a minute. Babylon. Sin city. Gluttony is there. Envy is there. Violence is there. Greed is there. And you saying, pray, Lord? For these folks, they just killed my uncle and my cousin in the battle. And get us over here. They just tore up my house. They tore down my temple. Pray for these folks? You've got to be kidding. But again, it's a command. It's in the present tense, meaning continuously, habitually, and always ongoing. 
and God says, pray to them. Now, the, the Babylonians prayed to idol gods. They had idol gods, false gods. But God says, no, you pray to me. Don't pray for what they do. You pray to me. In other words, if they followed God's instructions to pray, it will be a sign of trust in God's ability to have an effect on those people who do not even worship him. That's what prayer can do. Uh, we, have, we have time we can go into that a little further right now and keep on going. Uh, the whole goal is that what concerns us also concerns God. Or better yet, what concerns God should also concern us. When you pray on others' behalf, you should pray for the courage to get out of your comfort zone so that you can demonstrate what, you, what it means to care for others. You pray for their hearts to be softened to hear God's voice speak to them. You pray for opportunities to share with them. You pray for the right words to say and how to say the right words and also opportunities to say those same words. You pray for wisdom to meet needs. You pray for the Holy Spirit to remove our judgmental attitude. They're doing what they do, but we ought to be the different ones. That the Holy Spirit remove our judgmental attitudes for others who are different from us. Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, he says. Verse 2, for kings. And kings, in this case, means uh, 45. And all who are in high positions, <laughs> Mayor Turner, Greg Abbott, all those folks that we may lead a peaceful That's what it says. I'm reading the text there. <laughs> and James says, what? The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man does what? It avails much. We must understand that when we exercise our prayers, it's showing God we're dependent on him to do things that we cannot do that he wants done. Right. It's not about our will being done in heaven, but his will in heaven being done where? Yeah. On earth. Is that your prayer? For God's will be done on earth. Look at James, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. John writes these words. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So since it is in our hands to make things better, man, first of all, we must demonstrate what it really means to care for others. And then secondly, we must also do what? Depend on the Lord to help. That's your two commands. But in the latter part of that verse, as Paul, as uh, Jeremiah begins to explain, he uses the word for. So he's now telling us about the promise. Okay? So then our third point is simply this. Share then in the blessings of interdependence. Share in the blessings of interdependence. Not dependence, not codependence, not independence, but interdependence. Inter means with. Dependence means a mutual relationship there. All right? The text says these words. But seek the welfare of the city where I sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on his behalf. And here's the part C. 
For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Hmm. Isn't that a shocking statement? Here the Jews are captured in Babylon. The city's been torn down. There's no more sacrifices being made. You lost family members and friends. Your home is destroyed. You had to walk maybe eight, nine months to get to Babylon on foot, on animals. All that you had is all gone now. We saw in Psalms 137 their attitude. And God says, you said, Lord, seek the welfare of these folks because in their welfare, I'm going to have welfare? It sounds counterintuitive, don't it? Since the exiles were God's people and the Babylonians were pagans. Isn't that our attitude today as well? Why should we even consider ourselves hanging out with anybody who's unbelievers? We get in our holy huddles and just love ourselves to death, right? And in the result, nothing gets done. Our holy huddles get larger and larger and larger and larger. More folks join it, but in the end, the, the, oh, now, the growth of it is other holy people coming to the same holy huddles, you know, called church swapping. You know, they go from this church to that church and that church to this church kind of thing. So our huddles get larger and get smaller from that respect as well. But God says, man, that, that's, that's good. We're in the process of making disciples. But what about conversion growth? Those who don't know Christ are their saving Lord. Those who need to hear the gospel. But we keep it into ourselves in our own mouths. Guess what? They don't hear it. We have a treasure in earthen vessel. Paul says we were given a message of reconciliation. To tell people, God is forgiving sins, guys. <laughs> he forgave my sins. He forgave your sins. Sister, brother, I know you're having a hard time, but let's talk about this thing for a minute here. Let's see what God can do in your life. Here's my testimony. I'm going to share with you somebody else's testimony. Meet so-and-so over here. Listen to their testimony. Interdependence. Do you realize that, and the Jews probably didn't realize this, but the idea is this. You will have more success and happiness when you're connected to those around you than you would if you're trying to go it alone. No man is an island. No man stands alone. It's all tied to what God does for us. When you think of this passage here, this, old, this passage of Jeremiah here, it reminds me of a call to believers that Christ tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. Look what it says. Christ says, you, not will be, not could be, not well, if you do this, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, do this over here that you might be. He says, you are, he's emphatic. He's asserting the fact that you are what? The salt of the earth. But if that salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men, he says. Verse 14, you are what? The light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. But if we don't, we don't get on a hill, guess what? <laughs> I don't let our light shine, guess what? Nothing happened, right? It says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds 
and praise the Father in heaven. See, the world says, get even. But God says, no, seek the good of those who have harmed you. The world says, get angry. But God says, no, pray for them. The world says, look, at, look for chances to, to, for them to suffer. But God says, no, look for chances to do good to them. The world says, don't waste your time loving bad people. But God says, I want you to love them anyway. We need to pray for our enemies, and they need our prayers. If we don't pray for our enemies, guess what? Who will pray for them? What does this blessing of interdependence look like? We'll briefly hear Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Luke summarizes the church, what they were doing at that time. Verse 47 said, they were praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord did what? He added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I don't have time this morning here, but you can read on your own. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 35. The fact is, no one had a need. 1 Corinthians 9, 22 and 23. I became weak to those who were weak. That I might win the week. There you go. I have become all things to all people that I might, by all means, save some. Why do you do it? I do it for the sake of the gospel. That I may share with them in its blessings. But you know what, though? The text is really saying Christians, you do for others what I've already done for you. That's what God told Jeremiah. Jeremiah, tell those folks and tell Christians today, you do for others what I've already done for you. See, his name is Jesus Christ, right? His name is Jesus Christ, right? And what did he do? He said, Luke 19:10, I came to do what? Seek and to save that which was lost. He could have sat in heaven and said, Well, well, Spirit, Father, what do you think? Let's have a dialogue about what we need down there kind of thing. Let's, let's realize, let's try to understand uh, this hypothesis here. Let's try to put together a formula or equation or do something else. But what do you think, Lord? But he says, no, Father, prepare me a body. Guess what? I want to go. And he left the beauty of heaven, 24-7 worship, to come down to fellowship with those whom he created those who he creates with, he came into his own, but his own what? Received him not. But he came and said what? I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. He said what? I understand it's in my hands, Father, to make things better. And then he prayed for you and I. You know that old work cross? After they nailed his hands, he says, Father... Mark's not going to come in 1975. Forgive him. He's a fool. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he depended on the Lord to help, to do his part. That's what he did for you and I. And then he gave us his peace. He shared his love with us. He shared his his, 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 his joy with us. He shared his life with us. He shared the Holy Spirit with us. 
He shares eternal life with us. He's given us everything we need. He rejoices in those blessings. So do we. So he says, it's in your hands. It's in my hands to make this world a better place. It's not your decision, nor is it your opinion as to what it's going to look like. That's between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He just said, Sloan, you do what I ask you to do and leave the results up to me. Because it's coming to day one day, Revelation 5, 6, and 7, it's what? People from every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, black folks, white folks, Hispanic folks, Russians, South Koreans, North Koreans, Mexicans, Brazilians, all over the world will be there praising God around the throne. Because we must realize it's in our hands to make things better. But you got to demonstrate, though. Didn't say talk about it. Didn't say hypothesize about it. He didn't say just, just give some thoughts to it. He says, do it. Two commands. Seek and pray. He says, depend on the Lord. I don't have time. Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. He says, that's what you ought to do to help. And as we do so, guess what, guys? As the Bible said, the whole heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. You and I get the chance to rejoice with them. We share in the blessings of interdependence because God used a saved person to help save a person. That's what this world can be if we Christians get off of our you-know-whats. Holy huddles are good for a huddle, but at some point, of course, okay, you got it? Great. And everybody will sue the position for a short period of time. Hut one, hut two, hut three, 38, 45, 62, whatever he says. And then you go until it's time for the next play. Hold your hands up, please. Both hands. Look at your hands. And say, Lord, you said it is in my hands to make things better. So therefore, I'm going to start demonstrating what it really means to care for others. I'm going to depend on you to help. And I'm going to share in the blessings of interdependence. God bless you.
Somebody said that's all right. Yeah, that's a word. That's a convicting word, a challenging word. If you came here today to be comfortable, you are now uncomfortable. And you're uncomfortable on purpose. Those of you can and will, please stand on your feet. When the word of God is preached, the Bible is clear that it's preached and it has an answer. Someone will respond. And somebody here today, you know you're here today because somebody has helped you. Somebody that knows the Lord has been telling you about the Lord. And you're here today because someone got in your ear. The only thing missing now is for the Lord Jesus to get in your spirit. You've been struggling with it. You've been fighting it and putting it off. You don't need to put it off anymore today. You have a chance right now to come just as you are. God in Jesus Christ fixed our problems a long time ago. And he gave you an invitation. And you've been hearing that invitation over and over again. And you've been running from it. Sometimes you ignored it. Sometimes you would say, here we go again. Yes, here we go again. Your soul is at stake. Here we go again. We're here to tell you about the love of Jesus, and we're here to tell you about the power of salvation, the changed lives. Pastor Sloan has just preached a strong word to remind us afresh. So somebody here today has heard that word, and I encourage you right now to come just as you are. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, you, you have a chance today to accept him just as you are. You don't have to get right. You don't have to check all the boxes. If you, if you could and if you were able to do all of that, you'd have did it already. But the reality is that we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. And God fixed that for us. So I extend to you now, if you have not accepted Christ, to come just as you are. If you have doubts and fears, bring those with you. If you're broken, bring that with you. And accept Jesus as your Savior. We have men and women all around that will be able to help you to come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you don't have to try to figure out all of the words. You don't have to do all of that. Just bring your heart. Jesus is waiting. We wait for you now as a person.
you're here today because you hadn't been coming to church but whatever life has presented you you've been running have other things that you wanted to do but you knew you needed to be in church and now you're trying to figure out how a way to get back well God is just waiting on you to come on back he doesn't have any conditions or requirements for you to come back just come back Bring him all of that brokenness, all of the issues of life that you've been carrying around. Bring it on back. And come back to him because he is waiting on you. You've been visiting and you're trying to figure out if this is the church family for you. Yes, it's the church family for you. Come on and join us. We're not perfect in any shape, form, or fashion. But we promise that we'll love on you just as God in Christ loves on us. And with that love, will help you to be all that God wants you to be. So we invite you. We invite you to come. We invite you that has been struggling to come. Come now just as you are. your hands out to our sister. Lord, we come now lifting up our sister to you, Lord. We don't know all that she needs, but because you're all knowing, we, we, we lift her up to you, Lord, to meet her needs. Take care of whatever is pressing. Take care of whatever seems to not to be able to work out. Take care of it right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you use us to help her to work it out. Thank you for your blessings, and we ask blessings on her in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Church, it's time for the offering. Master Control, we're in your hands. Family of Hope. The Hope for Families Food Pantry is coming soon. Starting in October, our Client Choice Food Pantry, which is in partnership with the Houston Food Bank, will be open weekly, providing food for families in need in a dignified and respectful way. Serving opportunities include greeters, registration, product organizers, inventory control, stockers, shopping, carrying assistants, floaters, and baggers. We invite you, yes you, to join us in serving others. So please plan to attend the food pantry orientation meeting on Sunday, September 1st at 12 noon or September 8th at 10 a.m. or 12 noon in the gym. For more information, please contact Mark Sloan at msloan at goodhope.org. 
The Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church has joined forces with our community sponsors for our annual prostate cancer screening event on Saturday, September 28th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Did you know black men are twice as likely to die from prostate cancer than white men and have the highest death rate from the disease among all racial or ethnic groups in the U.S.? The American Cancer Society recommends that the discussion about prostate cancer screening should take place for men at the following ages, 45 years of age or older for those at high risk of developing prostate cancer. This includes African Americans and men who have a father, brother, or son diagnosed with prostate cancer at an earlier age, or 40 years of age or older for men with more than one first-degree relative who had prostate cancer at an early age. There are two main tests commonly used for prostate cancer screening, the rectal exam and the PSA blood test. This screening will be the PSA blood test only, so sign up today. To register, go to goodhope.org or via our I Am Hope mobile app. My Voice Matters presents Millennial Mixer, a brunch connecting black millennials and engaging one another in an atmosphere that promotes connection, community, conversation, and consciousness. Join us on Saturday, September 14th, 2019, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Library Coffee Bar, located at 2612 Scott Street, Houston, Texas, 77004. The event is free, so please RSVP by September 10th at myvoicematters.org. Anyone not able to attend the mixer is encouraged to take the survey on myvoicematters.org. As Summer Sundays in Children's Church comes to a close, we thank you for joining us for family worship this Labor Day weekend and next Sunday for Grandparents' Day. Children's Church will resume at both the 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. services Sunday, September 15th. We look forward to seeing our little ones there. The Good Hope Marriage Enrichment Ministry presents Understanding Your Spouse. Differences, Expectations, and Preferences. Join us for a fulfilling night of romance and spiritual revitalization that will help you learn to love your spouse in spite of your differences. Join us Friday, October 18th at 6 p.m. through Saturday, October 19th at 3 p.m. at the Marriott Sugarland Hotel. The cost is $250 per couple, which includes your hotel room, Friday night reception, and Saturday breakfast and lunch. You can register on goodhope.org or Hope Network. For more information, contact Brother Eric Page. Theater Under the Sun presents the stage play, The Question Is. Ann, you need to calm down, baby. Calm down? How do you expect me to calm down, Terry? It just seems like these kids want to take the easy road out. But you know I've been there, Ann, with my own kids. You know, and you saw how God brought us out of that. Terry, I'm just so tired. It just seems like nothing I do works. Watch God provide. Doors open at 4 p.m. For more information, contact Brother Bernard Lee at 713-296-9380. All right. Expecting another one. Okay, but uh, don't forget to download the uh, Good Hope mobile app. Uh, many of you have already did it, but uh, please continue to do it. 
Let us continue in worship and giving. All we ask is you give as God has blessed you. You have several ways that you can do that. You can use the Push Pay app, or you can use Givelify, or you can uh, go to the website and give that route, as well as as the baskets are passed, you can give by cash or by check. All we ask is that God has blessed you and give according to his, his blessings to you. Amen. Amen. We're going to hear now from uh, the ministry moment, the young adults, uh, Minister Christopher Johnson. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, just a uh, brief ministry moment for everybody here. Uh, in collaboration with the young adults, the youth ministry here, uh, the Kinder Institute, uh, Dr. Darren Gardner and Gardner and Associates, uh, several months ago we uh, began the My Voice Matters a millennial survey. Many of you all have heard us talk about this over the last few months. We did this survey because we wanted to give voice to African-American millennials ages 18 to 40 in the Houston area. And so we wanted to hear their voice. We wanted to hear what they felt uh, and what their thoughts were in terms of various issues. And so we did a few uh, beta test uh, events around the city and it's gone really well. Uh, however, on September the 14th, we want to invite all millennials out to the library coffee, a bar on Scott Street. Uh, it's going to be a free event. How many millennials do we have in here? Oh, okay, well, okay. okay. <laughs> well, age ain't a number, it's an attitude, right? Amen. Amen. So we're inviting, <laughs> we're inviting all millennials out. Uh, especially of millennials uh, in Good Hope, we want to connect with you. We're also inviting millennials outside of the church. We want to connect with you as well. This is going to be an atmosphere where we want to connect, converse, uh, do community, and also uh, raise our level of consciousness spiritually, politically, emotionally, emotionally uh, uh, financially, and everything else. And so we want to invite you out. The event is free, but you have to RSVP. Uh, you can RSVP on the My Voice Matters org website. And so we want to invite all of our millennials out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Minister Johnson. All right. I want to uh, take a moment. Uh, we're going to have a special prayer for one of our young ladies. Uh, Chandra Walker, is Morgan here? Come on, Morgan. Come on down. All right. Morgan grew up here at Good Hope 
children's ministry, youth ministry, young adults. She's now working with the youth. This is her mama. Sister Walker, she is the leader of the Women of Hope, Sisters of Hope. Uh, Morgan is a recent graduate of the Thurgood Marshall School of Law. All right, praise team, y'all. If y'all here, praise team, come on up here. Praise team, come on. Morgan has an excellent opportunity in the great big city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Amen. She is headed there to work in the district attorney's office. Lord have mercy. So in a real sense, this is one of our babies. Her grown now, but she one of our babies. And uh, she has worked hard, and uh, she's going to go and get in the mix and apply what Pastor Sloan talked about. She's going to help somebody. Amen. All right? And so what we want to do is just lay some hands on her here and ask God's blessings on her. All right? So while we pray, we, church, we just ask you to, to pray as well. All right? God, we come right now to lift up to you. Uh, Morgan, Lord, you, you know what's in store for it because you've already had it in your plans. And so, God, I thank you that you have blessed her this far. But now as she leaves this place, Lord, and heads to another land, uh, I pray, Lord, that you give her all that she needs to be successful. Uh, I pray for your protection around her, Lord. Uh, I pray that you protect her mind, her heart, and that she be an instrument that shows your light in a very dark place. Bless her, Lord, as only you can. Uh, help us to continue to pray for her, Lord. We, we thank you for what her mother has been to her and been for her, Lord. We thank you for that relationship, and, and we pray that it strengthens, Lord, even if it's in another city. But most of all, God, we thank you that Morgan has a heart for children, and that she is working now in ministry, Lord, and we pray that it continues. And we thank you for what she's given to this church. And then, Lord, we pray that as she ventures out, that she know that your presence is with her. And that whatever she faces, you're going to be with her. All will work out well. And that she trusts you to take her through. Bless her as only you can in a mighty, mighty way. And so we lift it up to you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, baby. <laughs> Amen. It's always good to see ones you knew when they were little, they grew up to be all God wants them to be. Amen. All right, a couple of things I want to share with you. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at the Good Hope Church, we want you to join us as we celebrate the Minister of Music, Elder Mark Taylor. As he is the Minister of Music Extraordinaire. So it'll be tomorrow at 7 o'clock here at the Good Hope Church. There's going to be a concert, and he will be recognized as only one of four in the city. Is that right? 
Now, he raised his hand as he was a millennial. <laughs> he got cheering at a millennial, but, but we're going we're gonna to make sure that tomorrow night we celebrate with him, all right? The concert is free, so come on out and support him in a huge, huge way, all right? And uh, there will be an offering tomorrow, but you don't have to pay to, to get to the concert, okay? All right. Midweek Bible Studies is uh, Wednesday at 12 and 7 o'clock. Discovery Seminars next uh, classes are next Sunday. As well as small group leaders, I need to see you right after the 10 o'clock service in room 217. So come and I'll give you some updated information. Uh, pray for our sick and shut-in members. And I mentioned uh, a couple of our bereaved families. And there's another bereaved family, uh, Brother Charlie Wilson, uh, lost his sister on this past week. She had been ill and the Lord called her home. So we're going to be praying for the Wilson family. They've had to endure several family members passing over the last couple of years. So let's continue to pray for the Wilson family. Amen. All right. Uh, one last thing. Good news. The anniversary books are in. And you will be able to pick them up on next Sunday. Uh, after the 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock services. So we're making sure that everything is good with those before we hand them out. So next Sunday, you'll be able to pick up your book. One last thing. We did have a uh, medical emergency uh, during the service. Sister Doris Flakes uh, had a medical event. Uh, however, she did not go to the hospital. She elected to go home. So keep Sister Flakes in your prayers. All right, so uh, as, far as, as far as we've been told, she was able to go home, and someone took her home. So right now, we, we think she's okay, but keep her in your prayers. Uh, the food pantry orientation is not in the gym. It's going to be in the fellowship hall. And the marriage retreat is at the table. Once you go into the Center of Hope, they'll take your registration to come on and sign up for that wonderful retreat. And brothers... The month of September is prostate awareness. So we ask you to wear blue, but most of all, we ask you to make sure you go to the doctor. Get yourselves checked, brother. I know you don't want to do that, but while you're getting that exam, just get a doctor to the side eye and keep on getting that exam. It's important, and it's up to you. Wives, daughters, encourage them to go and get that exam. You want to make sure that all is all right. And I know we're not comfortable with those kind of exams, but <clears throat> clear your throat and just go. Amen. All right, but we want to encourage you to go and get the exam. All right. Okay, that does it for the additional announcements. We have come to the time where we like to recognize our guests. So if you're visiting with us for the first time, would you please stand? If this is your first visit, your second visit, or your third visit, please stand. Yeah. Amen. Remain standing. All right. We're not going to ask you to say anything, but we did want to recognize you. We thank you for coming and fellowshipping with us today. We hope and we pray that you've been blessed by the word, by the singing, by a friendly smile, a friendly hug, and that that would encourage you to come back one more time. But because you're here today, we have a special reception for you. I'm going to ask that you gather your things, and if someone came with you, they can go with you, and they can follow the young lady and the young man that are part of our guest relations ministry. They're going to take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you and a little more information about the Good Hope Church. Thank you for coming. We love the fact that you fellowship with us. 
Show some love, church. They came to fellowship with us. You're welcome to come back. Amen. that word cut y'all today. Just get the bandages and bandage yourself up and go do what the Lord requires you to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sloan, for preaching the gospel. Amen. Thank you for that word today. All right. If everybody's good, let's stand and be dismissed. Give a hug. Touch a shoulder, touch a hand. All right. God, we thank you today that you have reminded us of what we are called to do. Thank you that you've reminded us that it's in our hands. And just as you've blessed us, we need to bless someone else. And just as we are saved, we need to make sure someone knows about the salvation that's given through Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for everyone of the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late. Bless them, Lord, as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, hug somebody on your way out. For those of you that uh, miss communion, if you want to have communion, you can go to room 101 in the Center of Hope. We have deacons waiting to serve communion in room 101 in the Center of Hope.